need to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 65. Psalms, chapter 65. It's where we'll be this morning. Now, uh, I have to look at the clock because it's uh, 11, 12. And I always preach about two things. I preach about Jesus and I preach about an hour. So, you know, you're going to be sitting here for another hour. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If your rear end gets tired and your eyes get heavy, get up and go to the back and walk around if you need to. Don't go to sleep. If you do, I won't say anything, but don't meddle with your neighbor. That'll bring me to your chair. Hallelujah, because don't let the devil use you to, to, to interrupt. Don't let the enemy use you to distract. If you want to sleep, go ahead and take a good nap. Wouldn't be good, but I won't say anything. But when you distract your neighbor, you'll get my attention because the Lord wants your attention this morning. He wants you to hear what he's got to say. Amen. He wants you to hear what he's got to say. It's his word that changes our life. It's not experiences. It's his word that changes our lives, not experiences. Everybody's going to go through bad things. Everybody's going to experience good things. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself that changes our lives when our trust and our faith is in him according to the scriptures that our hearts are touching. Amen. So we need the word. We need to understand that we need the word. The Lord ministered to me a couple of weeks ago and told me that it's not a famine of the word in the land. It's a famine of a hunger for the word. Famine means there's a hunger, so it's a hunger for the word the church needs. So pray for the church. We need to be hungry for the word. We, we don't need to pray in tongues for an hour with the Bible sitting there beside us. We need to pray in tongues for an hour. If the Lord leads you to do it, then pick that Bible up. Don't replace the Bible with your tongues. Pick the word up, open the word, get in the word. Amen. Don't replace studying the Word. God hadn't given you anything that replaces being a student of the Word. Nothing. It's all added to that. And all that He has given us will be enhanced through the study of the Word. I am a Word preacher. Amen. Amen. And that's the way we're going to stay around here. People today in the church not fond of sound doctrine. And if you don't like sound doctrine, then you don't even really know if you're trusting in the right Jesus. Folk who don't want to hear sound doctrine, they can't be really sure of anything because assurance comes by the Holy Spirit. The Muslim world, they sure about what they believe, but it ain't the assurance the Holy Spirit gives. So they're not really sure, as sure as they could be. Because the surest place you can be is the Holy Spirit giving you that assurance. And that comes through your faith in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Psalm 65 verse 11. A message for this last Sunday of the year titled, The Abundant Path of Our Lord. How many of you know there's only one? Amen. Amen. Psalm 65, verse 11, I read this scripture every year, either at the end or the beginning of the year, because it is a profound word the Lord has given us with great promise and hope. The Bible here tells us you crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drop fatness. The word crown means, and I hope that you would when you get home, look it up. It means to surround, to encircle. This means that the Lord has, even in this year that is about to close out, at, at the beginning of the year, He had it encircled. He had it surrounded with His goodness. Now whether we noticed all of that or not, uh, I don't know. But it, he has every year of your life surrounded with his goodness, but it's in his path. It's in his path. It's not in the path I choose. It's in the path he chose. So let me say this concerning the year we're about to enter into. The path he put your feet on when he saved you is the abundant path. 
There's never been another path that God has led his people in other than the path of righteousness. If we don't want to go that way, well, he won't guide us. He won't lead us. He will not lead us if we don't let him lead us in the path of righteousness. It's the only path he leads in. He won't lead you in another path. Amen, Brother Curtis. He won't lead you in any other path other than the path of his righteousness. We'll see it in the Word today. So this needs to be personal with you today. But it's not mystical. It's not magical. You've got to understand how this works in your life. It don't work by you quoting it. You don't get anything from God by declaring Scripture. I should have had a bigger amen than that. You don't get anything from God by declaring Scripture. You didn't get saved by declaring Scripture. You got saved by believing with the heart unto His righteousness. And then the mouth went to speaking based on that, about that salvation. Isn't that the Bible, Romans 10, 10? It's with the heart, men, Believe unto righteousness. That path that God was offering you in Jesus Christ as he opened the door. He made Jesus the door through his death for you to the path that Jesus would become for you. Don't picture the path in your mind as some old dusty road, some old paved path. The, the path, the way is Jesus. He is the path of life. He said, I am the way. That means the path. There's not another path. Jesus is our path. But his cross, the way of his cross is what made him that path to us. That's the path he put your feet on. The path of righteousness. Jesus was made unto you righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30, we have none without Christ. We experience none unless we're experiencing the work of the cross. We experience nothing of God unless we experience the cross. Another reason, may I preach it the rest of my life, another reason God has to, by His Spirit, deliver you always unto the death of Jesus. How often? How often? For Jesus' sake, so that you can express Jesus in your mortal body. Let me ask you this morning, brothers and sisters, how often do you want to express Jesus? Are you sure about that? Because sometimes you act like you don't. No, I'm talking to me too. So you have to be honest with yourselves. How often do I want to express my Jesus? Do I want to go to church and put on a good show? Or when I'm at home by myself or at home with my wife or with my kids or when the house is full of folk? How often? Do I want to express him? He can only be expressed in your mortal body if your faith, if your heart is touching Calvary. Because there he delivers you unto always. So you can see who he is unto you and that you were removed out of the way. Because self can't express Christ. Selfishness. I got to have the last word. You know when you're arguing and bickering with your spouse, you're not beholding the lamb. So you're not beholding that which he is always delivering you unto. Amen. How often do we want to express Jesus? 
we always want to express Him, but then we use excuses as to why we're not expressing Him. Well, you just don't know what I had to go through. You just don't know what they did to me. You just don't know what they said about me. You just don't know how this feels. Well, let me tell you something, church. When you want to know where God is in your, in your situation, he's right there where he's delivering you unto. And if you can't find him there, you're going to be looking in the wrong place. You crown the year with your goodness. Your paths drop fatness, which means abundance. 2024, if we get there, I still think the rapture is going to happen today. I still think Jesus is coming for his bride before the clock strikes midnight tonight. <clears throat> and if he don't, it means it'll be tomorrow. We live in on the edge. You do understand that, right? <clears throat> a thousand years with man is but a day to God. We at the end of the sixth day, the six thousandth year. We're about to step into that seventh day, which is the seventh day of God that rests when Jesus will come and reign for a thousand years and we'll reign with him. That's what the Bible means when it talks about the day of the Lord. It's talking about that last day, that 7,000 year period. The day of the Lord. It, when you're studying the word and you go back to the Old Testament and you study the day of the Lord, that's what it's talking about whether it's talking about the destruction and the, what the Lord's going to do to the enemy on the day of the Lord or where his reign is inaugurated, which is all going to be simultaneously. It's talking about when we step into with the Lord that seventh day, that last 1,000-year period before he makes a new earth and a new heavens that we can't imagine. You think the sunrise is pretty now? You crown the year with your goodness. Crowned it, surrounded. God's got this next year we're going into already surrounded with his goodness. And his paths drop fatness. That means abundance. That means that 2024, if we get there, is already full of the abundance of God's goodness waiting there for you. That's what's waiting there for you. And I want us today to get our mind off of just natural, physical, fleshly things. I want us to understand that in God's mind, his abundance is who Jesus is to us. And the, uh, the greatest abundance that we can have is the expression of our Savior. That's our greatest abundance is Jesus. He is our abounding joy. He is our abounding peace. He is our goodness of God to us. Jesus is the abundance of God given to us, and in him we find the abundance that we're looking for. So let's not be so natural-minded in this next year. If you need healing, ask God for healing, but don't let it consume your life. Let Jesus consume your life. If you need a spouse, don't let that need just take you over and consume your mind all year with it just totally consumed with what you think you need. Listen, you need a Savior. You say, well, I already got him. Well, you still need him. He's already crowned your year. He's already surrounded your year with goodness. The abundance of his path, it says, that his path drops. That means delivers the abundance that you need. And he only leads in the path of righteousness. If you don't know what that means, you'll miss it. 
If you don't know what that means, you'll miss it. You're not going to experience uh, the goodness, the abundance of his goodness in his path. Listen, even the lost world that's dying and going to hell every day, the Lord is kind to them. But his kindness to them didn't get them to heaven because they didn't recognize what his true kindness came to us for. Listen, you can see his glory in the heavens. You can look at nature and see the glory of the Lord and still not know him. You have to know him. You have to know him. You can't just know a few things. You can't recognize that there's a creator. You have to seek and find who this creator is. And if he finds your heart seeking him with all of your heart, he said, then you'll find me. And when you find me, you'll serve me. Mm. He's dropped abundance in your path. That's not talking about riches of silver and gold. I read a scripture to Robin last night in the book of Proverbs. It says, they that love gold or silver will never be satisfied by silver. The love of money will never satisfy. And God's already told us that in the word. But we don't believe God. We think money will, will satisfy. Money can't satisfy you. A nice new house is good. Heat and air is good. Those things are nice and God blesses his people, but that's not his focus. His focus is where he drops the abundance. He drops it in the heart. He drops it in the heart. He only looks upon the heart, so it's the heart he's putting his abundance in. He will enlarge your heart this next year if you will allow him to fill it with more of his son. I said he'll make your heart bigger in 2024 if you will allow him to fill it with more of his son. Amen. If we'll just quit worrying about everything, the Lord is going to take this next year and he's going to give this next year so that when the dust settles, we can just see what it's really been all about all the time is a better view of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, at the great tribulation, at the end of it, when all the dust settles, everybody's going to know that the dust was caused in all of that by the rejection of the Lamb. All the dust, all the stirring all the evil, everything in the world that sin is caused by rejection of the one who came to take sin away. And when the dust settles, you're going to see nothing but the glorious lamb standing there reigning all by himself. You're going to behold him. You're going to see him. And the whole world is going to know that he is the goodness of God. He is the abundance of God. He is the peace of God. There is nothing of God that he is not it. He is all things to us. We have nothing without him. You can't just take a blessing and, and say, well, God gave it to me. Well, God might have gave you the blessing. But you got to give him glory. And you can't give him glory unless you're beholding that glorious image. You can't give him glory unless you're beholding that glorious image. That's another reason, mark it down, as to why he delivers you always unto the death of Jesus. I'm quoting, by the way, 2 Corinthians 4.11, if you don't know it. The church doesn't know it. The world sure don't know it. Preachers don't know it. If they did, they'd be preaching it because it's the only place that you can behold and be being made conformable to it's the only place that God has hidden you and tucked you away from the world in. He's not hiding you in a closet uh, in your house up in Montana from what's coming. He hid you in the cross. It's your only hiding place. It's the only place of abundance and goodness. And if you knew that, even though the way of the cross is painful, you'd praise the Lamb every day for allowing God to give you eyes to see the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Not all Israel saw Him as the Lamb, but John the Baptist did. 
Others did. And do you know the reason? Listen, the reason that all have to believe is because a few have. If some in Israel recognized the Savior, that means they all could have. There was no good reason not to recognize Jesus. There's no good reason for the church not to know where we're being delivered always unto. There's no good reason not to have a desire to express Jesus or not to be expressing Jesus. There is no good reason. You crown the year. He surrounded the year. It doesn't matter what we lose in 2024. It doesn't matter what we've lost in 2023. It doesn't matter what we've gained this year or what we'll gain next year. Job's the one who declared that. And he lost a lot. Paul lost a lot. But Job said... It's the Lord that gives, and it's the Lord that takes away. But he also said, it don't matter what's going on, even though my Redeemer might slay me, I'm going to see him standing on the earth in his flesh. You can't say that kind of stuff if you're not seeing him while you're declaring it by faith. But Job wasn't talking about by faith. Job was talking about I'll see him standing on this earth in his flesh with these eyes. I'll behold him. Hmm. Jeremiah 6 and 16. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see. Notice you ain't seeing You ain't seeing if you ain't standing in the way. And ask for the old paths. Oh, Lord. See, there ain't but one old path. I know the word is plural here, but the Lord is just using this paths in a plural way because a shepherd, when he takes his sheep out, he's got a path to this pasture where he makes them lie down. Then the next day, because they ate in that pasture, he's got another path to feed them over here. But they all the paths of righteousness. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where is the good way, and walk therein. And if you do, you'll find rest for your soul. See, the rest that we have as a nation is not the rest for our souls. Many have lived in a a glorious nation as America that had the hand of the Lord on it for years and still does to some degree. It doesn't mean that all the souls who've lived in a peaceful land have had rest. Most have not. Few have. Very few. But the rest the Lord has for us is the rest for the soul. This soul, you know what the soul is, right? It's your mind, your emotions, and your will. That's what we struggle with. That's that's who we really are. We think with our mind, we react through our emotions, and it's all based on what we will choose to believe. You've heard me say it for years, that we do the things we do, we act the way we act, because we think the way we think. And we think the way we think, because we believe the way we believe. Everything is rooted in what you believe. If your believing is wrong, your thinking is wrong, therefore your actions are wrong. Everything is traced back to what you believe. This is why the the, the psalmist would write, if I can remember, 
Commit your works unto the Lord and he shall establish your thinking. And Jesus, upon being asked, what are the works of God that we might do them? And he said, to believe upon the one that God sent. So your faith in Christ, and I'm talking about his cross, because if that ain't what it in, it's in, it ain't in Christ. God's not given you any place other than the death of Jesus to have your faith in Christ. He's not given you any other place to put your faith other than in the death of Jesus. You don't put your faith in healing. You put your faith in Christ for healing. See, those words are different and they are meant to be different. You don't put your faith in healing or in a new job. You put your faith in Christ. His death opened the door so your heart could touch that. Amen. We need sound doctrine. I don't care what you've been taught all your life and God don't either. He's trying to teach you truth. Watch now. Let's read this again. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find you ain't searching, you ain't going to find. You find something means you're looking for something. Find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Get that now. The, the same thing that's equivalent today to this is when the church hears God is delivering you unto death always for Jesus' sake that you might express him in your mortal body, and they say, I don't think so. Little AC. You will accept that truth, or you will suffer. That's only self-induced suffering. Self-induced suffering, and when we're doing that, we're blaming everybody but the real cause. Mark it down, another reason we're delivered unto death always, so we'll quit blaming everybody but the real problem, which is me and you. I'm the problem, the cross is the solution. The government in this nation is a mess, but the cross is the solution, not a branch of a party. The cross. Amen. The world would be better if I was president. Amen. It still wouldn't be good, but it'd be a lot better. Amen. We, we have an ongoing joke all the time. Robin and I, we say, man, if the world, if everybody was like us, the world would be a better place to live. Well, it's true. If the world was like you, it would be a better place to live. But it'd still be messed up. Right? Well, those of you who didn't say amen to that, you, 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 you're not even hearing anything this morning. You, you got to realize you are the problem. And you had to be put away at Calvary. And that's not just an experience of an initial salvation experience and a positional thing that's eternal that you have with Christ in Christ. That is what God is reminding you of every moment of your life. And if you don't take heed to what he's pointing you to, delivering you unto, then that means we're rejecting the real leading of the Lord in the path that he's guiding us in. Hmm. 
but we will not walk therein. They said, can you imagine that? You read things like this and it just blows your mind. You say, well, how could they hear the word of the Lord and say, we're not walking in the old path. We're not going to do that. Well, the same way the church hears, and li- listen to me this morning, sees it written in the Bible that the preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved, and then they say, well, you know, brother, it, I, we understand, we got that, but all also, no, there ain't no but also. Either God's word is right or it's not. And the preaching of Christ crucified is the power and the wisdom of God that you're not going to get outside of your faith in that message. He don't just give it to you while you're sleeping. If any of you lack wisdom, ask, for he liberally he liberally gives it. But make sure you ask in faith. You ain't doing that while you're sleeping. No, you ain't. Oh, well, I, sometimes I ask in my sleep. No, you don't. Oh, Mr. Miss Holy. Oh, no, you don't. You're sleeping when you're sleeping. Oh, I get it. You might have a dream and there may be things you may be the Lord intervening with you in that dream or in in, in your thoughts, but if that's going on, you're not asleep. I know we got some people think the whole boy. Some guy showed up here a couple weeks ago back here in the kitchen. And I and and I got face to face with another one, right up there by the by the uh, uh, whatever the, 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 in Walmart, uh, pork and beans. No, it really wasn't by pork and beans. Well, they just get, they they just try to put on this. Uh, uh, I mean, they just try to put on this this. It makes me sick. Just try to put on this. Like, like I was telling Robin, if the Lord's gonna use you, He's just gonna use you. I don't have to get up here in this pulpit and and try to be somebody that I'm not after church, before church, that I'm not. I mean, he not. He, listen, if he's going to use you, he's going to use you just as you are. I mean, I don't have to get up here and as soon as I step in this pulpit, well, I nearly above it. That makes me sick. I'm not being ugly this morning. I'm not being funny. I'm being real. Some of these people think that... They, they got something going on with God, but let me tell you something. If they're not beholding the Lamb, what do they got going on? And you might say, well, how, how can this be true? How can this be right? It, 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 well, what, what's God doing in all these places that's not beholding the Lamb? Trying to get them to. Trying to get them to. You mean to tell me that most of the church it, it could be wrong and, and off track? I'm, I'm not trying to tell you. It, it is. It is. If you think you need to hear some greater words than behold the Lamb, hmm. thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. This is a command to Israel. Ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. We will not walk therein. We're tired of this sacrificial stuff. We're tired of all these these, these ceremonial things. We want to be like the nations. That was Israel. You know what they're going through today? It's, It's awful, and awful things worse have happened in the past, and worse of all things are going to happen in the future. And it's all only because they rejected their Savior. They refused to walk in that old path. They refused. That old path began, listen to me, that old path was rolled out before Mankind in the Garden of Eden. The first two offspring of Adam and Eve, Cain being the oldest, Abel being the youngest, the older brother should have been the leader. Amen? He should have been the example. That the God showed up with the promise of the seed of the woman, gonna crush your head, devil, you'll bruise his heel. That's the story of Calvary. That's the old path being laid out. 
That's the, there ain't another one. That's the old path being unfolded and through the prophets and the law and the Psalms, which the Bible says all pointed to the one that would come and justify us by faith. Every prophetic word, every work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, all was just another unfolding of the path of righteousness so they could keep walking on it to the day they would meet Jesus. Because they refused to walk on the old path, when the path himself showed up, they didn't know who he was. They didn't want him. If they did know who he was, they didn't want him. Just like they didn't want him in the Old Testament. Have you ever thought about Jesus saying, you killed the prophets? But yet he said, the prophets testified of me. So who was it they didn't want to hear about? And when you don't want to hear about the cross, you're lying when you say you want to hear about Jesus. You don't want to hear about him. The Bible says he delivers us always unto death for Jesus' sake. We don't want the cross in our face all the time because we want this life to be about our sake, for Curtis' sake. For my sake, but for Jesus' sake, it takes you beholding the Lamb. But the church says, give me something different. God's not offering anything different. He's not offering anything different. We've received the answer for our Entrance into the kingdom and the promise written by the Holy Spirit through Peter is that we can have an abundant entrance if we allow God to work in us who he is. Amen. If we let him work in us and we have the fruit of the Spirit of Christ working in us, there will be fruit. It'll be more than us saying I'm saved. Well, who's going to listen to you, preacher? I don't give a hoot. I hope the whole church would, but I ain't in control of that. I'm in control of what I put my faith in, and that's all you're really in control of. That's all a man's in control. He thinks he controls this, he controls that. You're in control of what you put your faith in and whatever that is, you relinquish your right after that. If you don't put your faith in Calvary's lamb and keep it there and fight the good fight of faith that you ain't fighting, if it ain't fighting to keep your faith where God's delivering you always, if that is what your faith is in, then the Holy Spirit is guiding and strengthening and convicting and leading and and, and bringing the benefits Jesus died for us to have. But if it's not there and it's in some program or some man or some denomination or something even good that I find here that I'm doing, if my faith is in that, then the Holy Spirit has backed away and all he can do is try to get my attention and point me back to where my God is trying to deliver me. I have to keep my faith anchored in the Lamb's slain because that's where this old selfish thing was removed. Oh, it's still there. But the truth of Calvary pushed him aside in death and burial. Hallelujah. All marriages ain't working. All the marriages that ain't working, it's because somebody's got to have their way. I got to have my way. Let me tell you, whoever you are, you ain't got no perfect marriage. But your marriage, according to the Scriptures, is supposed to have a view of Christ's relationship with the church. His love for the church. That's why we're told as men to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's why wives are told to submit themselves to their own husbands. And Ephesians 5 says that we're to submit one to another. 
That can't work if we're not accepting. I'm talking about it can't work with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people stay married 90 years and they miserable as a day is long, but they stay married, bless God. Well, good for them, good for their kids, but I'm looking for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And without faith in where I'm always being delivered, I'm going to be in charge. It's the cross and I lose myself in Christ or it's without the cross and I, I'm in charge and I understand there is scriptural authority God, men women, God, husbands, wives I understand all that but without the cross that stuff ain't gonna work well I heard about the cross I don't need it no more man you need what Jesus did there working in your life. You see, we as the church have thought the message of the cross was just something that got us in. And I've been there. I've, I've been, 19 years ago, I had this thought. Well, that's what got me saved. I'm past all that. I'm moving on now. I need more than the cross. What do you need more than the cross? What you need is to understand how the Holy Spirit works and all He can do is build you as the church if your faith is where it should be and if it's not, all he can do is point you to where your faith has to be so he can be doing what he needs to be doing for you. There ain't no third option. Amen. A couple more verses. Now, I still got a few minutes now. I'm, I'm going to preach. The Lord going to come today. Me and Brother Dale know he's coming today. Right now, Brother Dale said, Psalms 23 and 3. Look, Psalms 23 and 3, we all know it well. He restores my soul. What's the first four letters of the word restores? Rest. He gives my soul rest. Just from the old scriptures. We just read it. He restores my soul. This is not just a... This is not just to get you saved and to restore your dead soul, or your lost soul to a saved soul. This is for me and you. Remember, your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. How often does, do those things get off track? How often does your will not line up with God's will and your mind not function as the mind of Christ and your emotions be out of whack? Let me ask you again this morning, how often do you want to express Jesus? Do you know the potential is there to do that? But it requires faith in Christ and Him crucified because it is the power and the wisdom. You need both to live this life, to experience this rest for your soul. Look at, here's the colon again. He restores my soul. Everybody say colon. I always like to say it. Wherever there's a colon, he's about to get specific and intensify what he just said. He restores my soul. How? He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not for my name's sake. It's for his name's sake. The paths of righteousness is where he leads me to restore my thinking, my mind, my will, my emotions. You have to be being led by the Lord in the path of righteousness. That's not, listen, that's not just a thought in some vain imagination. That is you surrendering to the truth of Calvary. That is the, you see, because the Holy Spirit cannot work in my life unless my heart is touching, yielded to the cross. That's what your Bibles teach. Romans 6, 16, there's two avenues. One of them is obedient to the sin nature unto death. God forbid we be found there as Christians, but I have been. Or we can be serving obedience, that's Christ's obedience, unto righteousness. That's faith in the sacrifice. No, this ain't Baptist teaching, my friend. This is teaching for the whole church. Yeah. 
This ain't Baptist. This is, this is Bible teaching. Hallelujah. There's only two options. One of them's faith in the sacrifice that gets you led by the Spirit serving obedience unto righteousness. The other one's trusting in what that preacher told you. If you do three times, declare that three times. If you'll give that amount of money, if you'll buy this, if you'll do that, if you'll say this, if you'll go there, if you'll go hear him, if you'll do this, no! It ain't gonna happen. Men writing books about purple hazes coming in under the door being the glory of God. That's a lie. My Bible tells me God don't do that stuff anymore. In time past, he spoke to the fathers by the prophets in various ways and diverse manners. In these last days, he speaks to us by his son. He restores my soul. That means you can't restore my soul and I can't restore yours. When my soul, when my mind, my emotions, and my will get distracted, they're only distracted because I'm not beholding the Lamb. You ain't going to argue with this, not bring your Bible and open it up. When we get distracted, it's because we're not beholding the Lamb. Well, we just got distracted. That's why we had a big blowout. We just, we just had a big, a big mess. And Well, yeah, I know you just quit beholding the Lamb. No, we believe in the cross. We believe in the Lamb. That, well, while you were having a big blowout and getting in a mess, you weren't beholding the Lamb. You weren't trusting the Lamb. See, this is reality preaching. This is reality preaching. This is how Jesus taught. Right there, it's personal. While I'm making a fool of myself, I believe in Jesus that what he did is real. It really happened. I believe it. I'm going to heaven, but I'm not trusting in it right now. If I was, I wouldn't be talking to you the way I'm talking to you. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have put that in my pocket. It wasn't mine. I would have gave him his wallet back. I wouldn't have been logged in looking at stuff on the computer I shouldn't have been looking at. I wouldn't have been watching this if I was beholding the Lamb. Who beholds the Lamb 24-7, moment by moment? Nobody! But that's why we're called to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel, not of anything else. The Bible hadn't told us to be striving together for anything other than the faith of the gospel. Amen. That's why we got so many empty chairs. Because the church, they not going this way of the cross. They not going there. Churches, people in the church today, they got to be associated with somebody's big name. Oh yeah, you know we're associated with, listen, I'm associated with the cross. Hallelujah. I'm associated with the blood of the Lamb. I don't need anything else. I don't, listen, I don't need all that other stuff. Amen. So people got to be associated. They got to have somebody come and preach in their church that the people think a little bit higher than you, a little bit better than you, a little bit better known than you. They got to have, that, that's because they're not beholding the Lamb. Now, don't give me all that other stuff. Well, no, brother, we just locked to hear. No, if they don't come preaching the Lamb, God ain't got no intention on you hearing what they're saying. I'm not being funny. I'm being real. He restores my soul, but where does he do it? As he's able to lead me in. Thank you for that. In. The water is in the bottle. In is a place. It ain't you declaring it. You can tell me all day long. You can ride that bicycle out there. I don't believe you till I see you doing it. I see you riding it, I'll say, hey, he can ride a bicycle. This is the last year message. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The reason we won't let him is because we want this to be about my name's sake. Trying to make my name great. I want everybody to know I'm a good preacher. I want everybody to know. I want everybody to know me. I want everybody to know me. I just want to stand on a milk cart and put a sack over my head and preach the gospel. 
Don't nobody need to know us. They need to know the one we know. Proverbs 8 and 20. Proverbs 8 and 18. Let's try it. We'll close here maybe. Proverbs 8 and 18. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18. Let's try it. Riches and honor are with me. This is the Lord now. Yes, durable. Durable riches. Which means enduring. Riches that last. I got some dictionaries out here. Help me. I need them too. Riches and honor are with me. Yes, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, than fine gold. And my revenue, my payoff is better than choice silver. See, you're going to find out one day it was worth not, not making a reputation out of yourself. You're going to find out one day all that stuff right there didn't pay off one bit. Don't nobody need to know you. They need to know the one you know. Watch now. My fruit, but we, we, need, we need to get this this morning. God says his fruit's better than gold. Let me just make it real this morning for you. If you got a phone call today, and somebody told you that that land you're living on, don't nobody know this but me, and I'm about to tell you. That land you're living on out there has got a barrel in it, and in that barrel is $50 million worth of gold. Tomorrow about this time, you would have invested on a backhoe. You would have that yard dug up to where there wasn't a blade of grass left on it. Oh, I ain't being funny. You would have took off work all week. What's he doing out there? Oh, he, 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 he told the kids to tell us he's trying to get gophers, but got to be something worse than that. Oh, you can't tell them what you're doing now because you've got to hide it. $50 million of gold out there, and you have torn your yard up. You've got your whole five acres now. Five acres dug up, five foot deep. You searching for gold. God says when you seek him as silver and gold, as treasure, then you'll find the fear of the Lord and you'll understand him. Are you seeking him like that? When you wake up every day, do you know that what you have need of is written in this book? Thank God we can wake up speaking in tongues every day, and I hope we all do, but it won't replace what's written in this book. And it better result in what's written in this book. You need to be speaking in tongues all day, every day. But you better be in this book. Hmm. Hmm. Where are we? Here we are. Proverbs 8 and 18, or 8 and 19. My fruit is better than gold. Why don't we just say that this morning? My fruit is better than gold. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is better than all the riches of the world. And now that we know, and the church is at least in a small capacity learning how the Holy Spirit works, we ought to wake up so excited every morning it ought, the joy that we have in the Lord and what we're learning ought to so far surpass that old thing, well, I've got to get up and go to work. I know what it's like. I did it for many, many years. But if you wake up thinking about Jesus, if you wake up seeking him in prayer, seeking him in his word, You'll find him. When you find him, you'll love him. When you love him, you'll trust him. Now he says, verse 20, I lead, here it comes again, in the way of righteousness, in 
the midst of the paths of judgment, meaning justice. Verse 21, that I may cause those that love me. See, this is, this is the result of loving the Lord. Not going around telling everybody, y'all just need to love. No, this, the Holy Spirit says, when you understand my fruit's better than gold and that honor and riches, they're enduring and righteousness, if you understand that I will lead you in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, meaning justice, so that I can cause those that love me to inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. You don't have to fill your treasure. He's the filler. But it ain't talking about money. Notice verse 20. I lead in the way of righteousness. He doesn't lead outside of the path of righteousness. We need to change our prayer. Not, Lord, just lead me today to make the right decision. Lord, lead. Nothing, ain't nothing wrong with this. Lead me today. But you, if you will let him lead you in the path of righteousness, your decisions, you'll find them being made by the Holy Spirit. We spend too much time worried about natural things, focused on natural things, instead of where the Lord is leading us, what the Lord is doing in our lives. Again, this is an end-of-the-year message, hoping that we can go into the new year with a greater desire for the riches of our Lord and not the riches of this world because there is coming a time very soon where you will awake on a certain day and it will be very different than the way you know things now. Very different. Things are going to get very ugly and you must know where the true riches are. And if they will not satisfy you, you will be most miserable in the days ahead and may even be beguiled and deceived all for the sake of riches, the riches of this world. In the days ahead, we will see who the real ministers of righteousness are because when the money goes, when the money goes, we'll see who is preaching the cross then. When the money's not there, we'll see who's standing. When the freedom we've known all our lives here in this nation is no longer there, we'll see who's standing in the old way, in the old path. We'll see. And I'm afraid it's coming far too fast upon us far too fast upon us. For those who have eyes to see, you've already recognized Romans chapter 1 in its revelatory decline and spiral down has speeded up. But let me say it again this morning. The darker the darkness gets, the brighter the light gets. You must be found walking in the light with the one who is in the light. His name is Jesus. It's not, a, it's not something I declare. I'm not walking in the light because, Lord, I'm walking in the light with you and I'm saying it and I'm declaring it. I'm walking in the light that he's in if it's faith in the sacrifice because from there shines the light of God and nowhere else. Nowhere else does the light of God shine onto our hearts. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God only in the face, meaning the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So, Happy New Year. Blessed New Year. This was the best year of my life. You mean after all that stuff, this is the best year of my life. 
And 2024, if I make it there, will be the best year of my life. Because I'm closer home. I'm closer to Jesus. And and I'm learning and learning and learning more of Christ. The horrible things that happened in 2023, they have to stay there. They're not allowed to follow me. When I turn around and look, all I see is what the psalmist saw. Surely, goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life. Would you stand with me this morning?